You are now listening to Mark's Unexplained World by Mark the Medium from Hinckley Community Radio, a non-profit podcast radio station. Tonight's episode is about the strange story of the Trump family. So it's over to you, Mark. Trump family were a normal, everyday, hard-working family from Eastern Australia. Mark Trump and wife Jacoba had a successful berry farm and earth-moving business at their property in Sylvan, which is on the outskirts of the Victorian capital of Melbourne. And then suddenly, on Monday the 29th of August 2016, Mum, Dad and their three adult children abandoned their berry farm and earth-moving business and went completely off the grid. All of the family members left behind their cell phones, passports and credit cards without so much as a word to their wider friends and family that they were leaving town. The abandoned items suggested to the police that the Trumps did not want to be followed, also indicating that the family did not just leave their farm, they had actually fled. Greetings, unexplainers. Thank you for tuning in again and listening to stories about this crazy mixed up planet in another episode of Mark's Unexplained World. My name is Mark Hughes. I am a psychic medium, a true crime buff, who is also also a bit of a music module. In this episode, I'm going to tell you about the unbelievably baffling tales surrounding the strange story of the Trump family. And this week's necessary disclaimer. This story is a tale that sadly involves missing people along with mental health issues, so may prove upsetting to some. You listen at your own discretion. Also, all opinions and comments are strictly my own, but the facts still remain. I also apologise, again, if I pronounce anything incorrectly. Although English is my first and only language, it does have the occasional moments of weakness and will say any old thing that suddenly comes to mind. Anyway, enough of this tomfoolery. Let's get back to the story at hand. The Trump family consisted of the parents, Mark Trump, 51, his wife, Jacoba, 53, along with their three children, three adult children, Rihanna, 29, Mitchell, 25, and Ella, 22. These are the ages they were at the time of the incident, of course. They lived in a place called Sylvan, which is on the outskirts of the Victorian capital of Melbourne, where they ran a berry farm and a very successful earth-moving business. 
It all started on the 29th of August 2016, when, without so much as a word to any of their friends and other family members, all five of the Trumps piled into their daughter's Ella Trump Silver Peugeot SUV. Although some reports say that the Trumps piled into the family car, but I'll let you make up your own mind on that one, and not that it affects the fabric of the tale, of course. They then drove a thousand miles across Australia, away from their berry farm, and their very successful earth-moving business. At first, no one realised that the Trump family were missing, and it was not long before the family themselves splintered into individual groups. Meanwhile, back at the berry farm, when the police were alerted to the family's disappearance, they immediately went round to the Trump's home, uh, the berry farm, to investigate. I will go into more details of why and how the police were alerted later on in this podcast. One of the first odd things the police noticed was that all the doors to their homes were left unlocked. Once inside the Trump's home, the police found sitting on a table in front of them the family's passports, credit cards and mobile phones, which had all been left behind. And because of this discovery, the police took the assumption that the Trump's excursion was to be a cash-only off-the-grid road trip, with no way of being followed. The Trump family drove through the first day and night of their excursion for about 800 kilometres, which is approximately 500 miles, until they reached the New South Wales town of Bathurst, which is to the west of Sydney. The son of the Trump family, 25-year-old Mitchell, was the one family member who deep down realised that something wasn't right about his parents' behaviour. For a start, Mitchell Trump was the only one to have brought along his mobile phone for this strange last-minute excursion. He realised from the beginning that the family was being delusional and that his, his mobile phone would be the only form of communication if things were to go wrong. However, when his parents, Mark and uh, Jacoba, found out about Mitchell's mobile phone, they made him dispose of it by chucking it out of the car window. Mainly because, as far as they were concerned, keeping the mobile meant they could be electronically tracked or traced. So now, the family was really, well and truly cut off from any forms of civilization. The Trump's son, Mitchell, had finally had enough of his family's delusional behaviour. So, after about 500 miles on reaching Bathurst, west of Sydney, he actually left them to their own devices and took a series of trains to get back home to the berry farm. Later on, that same morning after Mitchell had left, the remaining four trunks. Mark and his wife Jacoba and their two adult daughters, Rihanna and Ella, 
decided to head east from Bathurst to a well-known tourist spot called the Janolan Caves. And on our first bit of interesting side note stuff here, the Janolan Caves are limestone caves located within the Jano oh, try that one again, with, located within the Janolan Karst Conservation Reserve in the Central Tablelands region in Eastern Australia. The caves date back to some 340 million years and are known as the oldest dated open cave system in the world. The cave network follows the course of a subterranean section of the Janolan River. It has more than 40 metres or 25 miles of multi-level passages and over 300 entrances with the complex still being explored today. It was at the Janolan Caves that the two daughters, 29-year-old Rihanna and 22-year-old Ella Tromp, also decided to part ways from their parents. And how did they do this, I hear you ask? By stealing a car. I would imagine out of sheer desperation. The two sisters then drove south to the town of Goulburn, where they reported the police sorry, where they reported to the police that their parents had gone missing. And that is how the police were originally alerted about the Trump family disappearance. It was after this police report and at a petrol station that the two Trump daughters, Ella and Rihanna, decided to go their separate ways. Ella Trump wanted to get back home to feed her horses, so she drove the rest of the way back to the berry farm on her own. While Rihanna Trump, who was now suffering from some sort of psychosis, climbed into the back of a utility vehicle in Goulburn. After this short break, in part two, we will look at the continuing saga of the Trump family disappearance. This show is brought to you courtesy of Neil Packer and the Haunted Antiques Paranormal Research Centre. Find them online at www.hauntedresearchcentre.com or at 9211 Regent Street, Hinkley, LE101AW. Open on Saturdays from 10am to 4pm for guided tours of the haunted rooms at just £3 per person. Booking is essential at all times and over 16s only please unless accompanied by an adult. The haunted rooms are extremely haunted and paranormal activity could and has taken place at any time. Some areas and particular objects or items can be quite scary and unnerving. Membership is available for £25 to qualify for selective offers. And why not download the app 
available on both iOS and Android for only $3.99 to keep up to date with what is coming up at the centre. The driver of the utility vehicle in Goldburn didn't realise that Rihanna Trump was hiding in the back of his truck bed until he'd been out on the road driving for about an hour. When the driver eventually pulled over and found Rihanna in the back of his truck, he tried to speak to her. However, she seemed to be in what he called a catatonic state, saying that she did not know her name or even where she was. It was only after she was taken to the Goldburn Psychiatric Hospital that she was finally identified as Rihanna Trump. As the media interest grew, the Trump family started to become minor celebrities with the beginnings of an interstate search. The parents Mark and Jacob Trump, Trump, sorry, drove back toward Melbourne from the aforementioned Janolan Caves. Only for a day later, in the Victorian town of Wangaratta, they too became separated. Jacob Trump headed north again in an attempt to get back home to their berry farm, but she was found the next day in the small town of Yass, wandering around in an agitated state. How she got from Wangaratta to the small town of Yass, which is 350 kilometres and at least a three-hour journey, is anyone's guess, and to this day still remains a mystery. She tried to book herself into a small hotel, hotel room, but unfortunately she didn't have any way of paying. After exhibiting various signs of odd behaviour, strangeness and confusion, Jacoba Trump was then taken to the Yas District Hospital by one of the local residents. After being checked in, she went into the psychiatric ward and was then placed under observation. One of the nurses at the Yas District Hospital immediately recognised the 53-year-old woman from the media frenzy as Jacoba Trump and contacted the police. She was then later moved to the Goldburn Psychiatric Hospital to be with her daughter, Rihanna. Whilst there, the pair continued with their mental health treatment together. Meanwhile, the father, Mark Trump, had stayed in Wangaratta. The last sighting of him was when he was found dangerously tailgating a young couple. And when they stopped the car to see what was happening, Mark Trump responded by getting out of his vehicle, standing in the middle of the road, staring at them for a few minutes, and then disappeared off, running into some nearby woods. 
Mark Trump continued his streak of unsettling behaviour across the Wangaratta area. Following his disappearance, he was connected with various breakings at a hotel in Wangaratta called Miller's Cottage and the Melora General Store. However, as nothing was taken or damaged, the Wangaratta authorities decided not to press any charges. On the Saturday evening, which was six, uh, six days after the whole Trump saga began, the father, Mark Trump, was found wandering alongside a road near Wangaratta Airport. The police took him in and questioned him, and the mental health officer was also called in to assess him. Mark Trump was then finally released into the care of his brother, who just, just happened to be a police officer. He then decided to show his middle finger to the photographers and media as he was being driven away. Mark Trump, that is, uh, not his police officer brother. Mark Trump's strange behaviour continued during the drive back home, but eventually he settled down. member to return back home to the berry farm was Ella Trump. If you remember she was the daughter who took the car in Goulburn, keep up people, which allowed her to make it back home before everyone else turned up. After Ella Trump's arrival, Mitchell Trump, after making a few train hops, finally made it back as well. The police were already waiting at the berry farm for the Trumps to return. Ella Trump was charged with taking the vehicle in Goulburn. However, under Section 33 of the Mental Health Act of New South Wales, the charges were later dropped. The police then continued their search for the rest of the family. Mitchell and Ella Trump made an emotional appearance before the press and media, saying that they were baffled by their parents' paranoid behaviour, insisting that they weren't dangerous. Mitchell Trump said, and I quote, I've never seen anyone like this, or anyone conduct themselves in this way. I just really want my dad to be found. Mitchell also said, and I quote, He's not dangerous, he's my mate, my father. I love him. He continues, and quoting again, I've never seen anything like it. He's really hard to explain. It's really hard to explain or put, or put into words on it. But, but they were just fearing for their lives and they decided to flee. Both Mitchell and Ella admitted it was hard to explain. Again, and I quote, It was a build-up of different normal everyday events just pressure and it slowly got worse as the days went by. Both Mitchell and Ella said that their parents had never acted like this way before. After the Trump family were reunited, they made another statement to the public saying that they wanted time to process what they had been through. And let's be honest, 
I suspect they wanted to make some sort of sense out of the strangeness of their own sudden disappearance. The family members who spoke to the media, mainly the, uh, mainly the father Mark and the son Mitchell, were quick to apologise for all the money spent on the search and the panic that they had caused. Mark Trump told this Sydney Morning Herald, and I quote, I am uh, c conscious of the burden these events have placed upon our extended family, friends and the community resources devoted to our aid. Without reservation, I, I apologise for the hurt and concern caused for these, uh, by these events. He also paid his respects to the community resources devoted to coming to his family's aid as the public tried to make sense of all the drama that surrounded his family. Mitchell Trump also expressed regret at leaving his family, his family early during the incident when they reached Bathurst, west of Sydney. He told the press that he should have helped his family as things started to spiral out of control. But at the time, his decision to him made sense. He also said, and I quote, I thought getting out was the best idea for me at the time. In hindsight, I should have tried to stay with them and tried to help bring them back around and talk to them some more, but instead I, I got out of the car. A police officer at the Sylvan district of Victoria called the Trump disappearance, and I quote, the most bizarre case I've seen in 30 years. After this second short break, in part three, we will look at some of the possible theories behind the Trump family's bizarre behaviour. Fright Nights was established in 1999 as the first company in the world to offer overnight ghost hunt experiences to the general public, pioneering paranormal events since the last century. Fright Nights operate at hundreds of the UK's most haunted and exclusive venues. All events have their own team of experienced paranormal investigators, mediums and psychics. They have a VIP members club for regular returning guests, offering loyalty discounts and exclusive invitation only events. They can also host private events for your family and friends. You can contact them on 07 852 998 628 or email them at office at frightnights.co.uk or take a look at their website at www.frightnights.co.uk where you can see the many locations they investigate and learn about them and the opportunities they have available. Hundreds of ghost hunters join Fright Nights every month for the most thrilling ghost hunting experiences they'll never forget. If you haven't been on a ghost hunt before, then why not join them to see what it's all about? Why not visit their social media sites for up-to-date information on all the places they visit and to see what's coming up in the future. They look forward to seeing you all soon. 
Fright Nights ghost hunting events. Remember, only the original will do. From what I can gather, one of the oddest things about the Tronk disappearance is the amount of surplus financial documents that have been found by the police when they searched the family's Berry Farm home. Not only did the police find the family's credit cards, cell phones and passports lying around the house, but the authorities also discovered the Trump's own financial records placed around the house making it look like the family had taken the time and gone through their own personal accounts before disappearing. This, of course, feeds the hungry mouths of the conspiracy theorists, with some believing that the family may have been affected by chemicals that they used on their farm, with the Australian media even suggesting whether carbon monoxide might have been the culprit. Some people even believed that the mob was in pursuit of the Trump family, mainly because of the financial statements that the police had found stacked up in their home. But again, there was no evidence to say that the family was involved with any organised crime. Police sergeant and family friend Mark Knight said that none of the family had been diagnosed with any mental health problems and, unlike what some of the social media sites have been suggesting, there was no evidence anywhere of any drug taking. Police Sergeant Mark Knight also said, and I quote, This is a massive family-wide meltdown, I'm sure of it. The family were also debt-free and did not belong to any so-called religious groups who were trying to cheat its members out of any savings. Another interesting theory is one that the Australian police were contemplating, and that is where the family suffered from a collective delusion as an episode of Folle Dieu. I know I've touched on this subject before in the past episodes of Mark's Unexplained World, but I'm going to touch on it again in a little more detail. I'm doing this for two reasons. One, it might help us understand the reasons behind the Trump family incident. And two, it's damned interesting. So here goes. Folie à deux, or in French meaning folly of two, is also known as a shared psychosis or a shared delusional disorder or SDD for short. It is a rare psychiatric syndrome in which symptoms of a disillusional belief and sometimes hallucinations are somehow transmitted from one individual to another. The disorder was first conceptualised back in the 19th century French psychiatry. Recent psychiatric classifications refer to this syndrome as a shared psychotic disorder and an induced delusional disorder in two people. Although the research literature largely uses the original name of folie adieu of two people. The same syndrome can be 
more than two people may be... I'll try that one again, sorry. The same, the same syndrome shared by more than two people may be called folie à trois, is that trois? Trois, that's it. Folie à trois, meaning three, or folie à quatre, meaning four. There is also a four, uh, there's also the term folie à famille, meaning family madness, which is the term that I think is relevant for the Trump family incident. There is also a term called folie à plaisirs, is that right, plaisirs? Yeah. yeah, meaning madness of several. As you can tell, my wife speaks French. <laughs> this disorder is not in the current fifth edition of the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, which considers this criterion to be insufficient or inadequate. While the exact cause of this shared delusional disorders are unknown, the two main contributors are stress and social isolation. People who are socially isolated together tend to become dependent on those that they are with, leading to an inducer becoming able to influence those around them. Additionally, people developing shared delusional disorder do not have others reminding them that the delusions are either impossible or unlikely. Stress is also a factor, as it is a common factor found in any mental illness developing or worsening. The majority of people that develop shared delusional disorder are genetically predisposed to mental illness. But this predisposition alone is not enough to develop a shared delusional disorder. When stress, an individual's adrenal gland releases the stress hormone cortisol... So I'll do that one again. When stressed, an individual's <coughs> adrenal gland releases the stress hormone cortisol into the body, increasing the brain's level of dopamine. This change can be linked to the development of a mental illness such as a shared delusion disorder. While there are no exact causes of shared psychosis, there are several factors that may be considered as contributors, contributors try, depending on different cultures and communities, and taking into consideration the individual's circumstances, including their change in both environmental and in relationships. Husband and father Mark Trump was deemed to be increasingly stressed out and his growing paranoid behaviour that someone was possibly after his money, suggesting that his paranoia may have somehow been inflicted on members of his own family, leading to a psychiatric condition known as folie or in this case, shared a shared delusional disorder called folie a famille, meaning family madness. Although I must point out here that this is just my opinion. I'm a podcaster, not a doctor. I can't even pronounce the words, let alone... Anyway. <clears throat> As I mentioned earlier, Mitchell and Ella Trump admitted that at the time... At the time of the incident, it was really hard to explain or to put into words that, at the time, they were just fearing for their lives and had decided to flee. In an interview with Woman's Day magazine from 2017, nine months after the incident, Ella Trump 
said in her first interview, and I quote, We are all happy, healthy and just trying to get back on the right track again and to get over everything that's happened. She continues, and I quote, We are all very embarrassed. She also said, and I quote, We didn't want to be famous. That's for famous people. No one really knows the full reasons behind the Trump family's public meltdown and disappearance, and I doubt that we the public will ever be privy to that sort of information either. The Australian police say that no further charges uh, are expected to be laid and that the issue is now simply a family affair. Thank you all for taking the time out to listen to this episode of Mark's Unexplained World. In our next episode, show number 83, we are going to be looking at the death of Nancy Spungen. Nancy Spungen was the American girlfriend of the English musician known as Sid Vicious and a figure of the 1970s punk rock scene. On the 12th of October in 1978, Nancy Spungen's body was found under the wash basin in the bathroom of their room at the Hotel Chelsea. She was only 20 years old. It was long rumours that Sid Vicious owned the knife that had inflicted the injury. Sid Vicious was immediately arrested and charged with second-degree murder. He pleaded not guilty and was released on bail. This show was written and researched by myself, Mark Hughes, and proofread and edited by Linda Hughes. The pronunciations of all names and places, though, were all mine. The actors in this episode were Mark Hughes, Linda Hughes and Denise Pula. With special thanks to Neil Packer and the staff at the Haunted Antiques Paranormal Research Centre in Hinckley. And of course, a big thank you to everyone out there for listening. Mark's Unexplained World, because there's more to the paranormal than meets the third eye. And remember guys, keep it real, because being real is better than being perfect. This show and all its contents are covered by basic copyright of Mark the Medium.